unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my Morning, everyone. I got we got here a little earlier this morning and standing around and watching people come in and seeing them visit with each other and you ought to hear me up here to hear everybody that's visiting. That's great. That shows we have a lot of love for each other. Appreciate that. I welcome you here this morning and particularly our visitors. I know we have several visitors in our audience today. We appreciate you being with us. We invite you to come at any time. We can assist you in any way. Please let us know that also. We deeply appreciate each one of you being here this morning. It's a good day to come and worship together and, father, and, and uh, hear a good sermon and sing together and people who pray, let's make sure we participate when it's appropriate. Uh, this morning leading our singing is Jordan Coates. Uh, opening prayer is gonna be Billy Martin and reading our scripture is Sam English. And of course a lesson by brother Doug Smith. Uh, I might add that brother Ken is in Atlanta 
at World Mission Forum today. And the Lord's Supper will be conducted by Todd English. Announcements, Jerry Barrett, just before uh, Jerry comes to do his announcements, uh, Bill Martin has a short presentation he's gonna make for all of us. Let us pray, please. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this great day that you blessed us with. Father, we're thankful for all the people we have here this morning and people who are watching by way of Facebook. Uh, Father, uh, we, we just pray that we're so thankful for each one that's here today. Father, we're thankful for the opportunity we have to come together to worship you. And Father, we thank you for all the blessings that we have in this congregation. Now, Father, as we proceed, we, thank, we pray that we'll do things according to your will. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Morning. Well, I guess I'll just do my best. <laughs> First song will be Blessed Assurance. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all in the light. Visions of rapture, numbers on my side.
prepared for Bihar's place. Gracious and loving Father, we place you at the highest place this morning as we come before you to worship you. Father, we are so thankful for all the many blessings of life. We know that you are the creator of the heaven and earth, the creator of all life. We're so thankful for all the many blessings you continue to bestow upon us. So thankful, Father, for your Son, Lord Jesus, for all the spiritual blessings through him. Father, we pray today that as we worship you, that we will do so in a manner of, uh, that's pleasing to thee. We pray, Father, that we will examine ourselves as parents, as grandparents, and that we will always be the best that you, we can possibly be. Father, we pray for all the many efforts here at the Boonville Church, for all our, for the mission team, for all their efforts. We pray for Pineville Children's Home, so thankful for the house parents there and all that they do. We pray, Father, that you continue to bless them as they have such a wonderful, godly influence upon the children there. 
Father, we pray for all those who are sick, those who are in treatments. We pray for all those that are in the bulletin, that those on our hearts this morning, Father, that you would just bless them and care for them as only you can. Father, we pray for those who are incarcerated in different institutions that need our prayers, and we just pray, Father, we'll reach out to them and support them any way that we can. Father, be with us in our lesson today and we go through the rest of this week. We just pray, Father, that we'll realize that we will be the heirs of your promises if we'll be the faithful children that you would have us to be. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Invitation song after the lesson that will be There's a Fountain Free. Before the lesson this morning, we're going to sing our God, He is Alive. If you would, go ahead and please stand as we sing this song together. There is beyond the azure blue A God concealed from human sight He tinted skies with heavenly hue and frame the worlds with his great mind. There is a God, he is alive. Him we live and we survive. the prophets heard he is the God that we should know who speaks from his inspired word there is a God he is alive in him we live and we survive Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. 
It is indeed a great joy and honor to be able to welcome each of you to our services this morning. We are, we are so grateful that you're here. And I know today we have some who are our honored guests, and we want to thank you especially uh, for being with us here at Boonville. It's our sincere goal and desire to make you feel welcome. We want you to come back and, and be with us as often as you possibly can. We do continue to have several who are out with various kinds of sicknesses. I hope we'll continue to look out for one another and watch out for one another. You know, it's been almost a year since Jody and I uh, began our work here at this place at Boonville. And there's some obvious things that stick out in my mind. Among many of those things is how loving and caring this church here is at Boonville. I think it's very obvious here that brethren genuinely love one another. You care for one another and you demonstrate that care by not only your words, but by your actions and well. And I appreciate that so very much. I've been greatly impressed by how so many of you are involved in the Lord's work in so many various aspects. I was just thinking about uh, the food pantry this past week and uh, how over 140 families thus far this month have been blessed through your efforts in that. But did you realize that there are many, many of you who are involved in that that make it successful. It wouldn't work if it wasn't for you folks that so genuinely uh, sacrifice of your time and efforts. And that's just one example of among many today that I could stand before you and, and talk about. And I appreciate that very, very much. And I just hope that you'll understand, as I hope I'm beginning to understand, what a very special, special place the Boonville Congregation is. And it's certainly an honor for us to be able to work and to worship here at this place. This morning for the next few minutes, I wanna talk with you about some responsibilities that we as parents sustain to our children. You know, children truly are a great gift from God. The Bible says in Psalms 127 and verse three, low children or an heritage of the Lord. We're told in Proverbs 22 and verse six to train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Before John the Baptist was ever born, the people asked in Luke 1 verse 66, what manner of child shall this be? Well, the answer to that depends upon how you and I as parents have fulfilled our responsibilities. I might suggest to you this morning that we as parents have a number of responsibilities that we need to fulfill before our children. First of all, and least important of all, we have the responsibility to provide for their physical needs. We do that well, maybe perhaps far too well in most cases. Perhaps maybe we even go as far as to spoil our children. You know, the Bible does say in 1 Timothy 5 and verse 8, if any provide not for his own, he hath denied the faith 
and is worse than an infidel. But far more important than providing for the physical needs of our children is the need to provide for our children discipline. Now the word discipline comes from the word disciple. And a disciple is a student, a pupil, a learner, one who's been taught. And I realize how important it is for discipline to be maintained in the home. And yet, Paul said in Ephesians 6 and verse 4, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Colossians 3 and verse 21, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger. Sometimes I'm afraid that all we may succeed in doing in correcting our children is that we make them very angry at us. I don't know exactly how it's done, but I do know the way. there's a way the text says that we can correct our children without provoking and arousing them to anger. A little boy one time was standing in the living room. His father came home from work. He'd had a very bad day at work, and he walked in, and he said, sit down, son, and The little boy didn't sit down immediately, and the father walked over and kind of plopped him down on the couch and said, I said, sit down, son. And the little boy looked at his father and said, Daddy, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm still standing up on the inside. You know, there's got to be a way that we can correct our children without provoking and arousing them to anger and to wrath. You know, we ought not have unnecessary rules and endless petty corrections. We ought not always be saying, you know, don't do this and, you know, don't do that. They get the idea that no matter what they do, it's always wrong. I certainly realize that there is a time for stricter punishment. In fact, the Bible says in Proverbs 13, verse 24, he that spareth his rod hateth his son. Certainly there's no room for physical abuse in any way in God's commandments, but there's still a place for corporal punishment. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 23 and verse 13, withhold not correction from the child, for if you beat him with the rod, he shall not die. You shall beat him with the rod and shall deliver his soul from hell. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 18 says, Chasten your son while there is hope, and let not your soul spare for his crying. You know, I've heard parents say sometimes, well, I can't spank my child because it just hurts me too much. I believe that's one of the most selfish statements a parent could ever make. Are we more concerned about what's going to hurt us as parents or what's good for our children? I'd like to also suggest today that we as parents have the responsibility to get along with one another as mom and dad and as parents. You know, many times mom and dad will argue and fuss and one will say, well, I'm just going to leave. Well, that's fine with me. You know, just get on out. I really wonder how much we realize how we tear the very world of our children apart when we argue 
and fuss like that. I think the poet very graphically expressed the way a child must feel when he said in the corner of a garden holding up and out of view, a tiny boy knelt sobbing, burden of the things that he knew. For the argument was he that each one would go a separate way, and forgotten was the part that a small boy would have to play. Torn between his doting parents with a tug from either side, life could offer little pleasure like a part of him had died. He could only hope that on the morrow that loving words would all undo because, you see, he had no understanding of how to tear his love in two. But not only the idea of getting along with each other as parents, do we owe our children? But I want to point out that we as parents owe it to our children that we will always be kind to them, that we'll be good to them, that we be, we'll be gentle with them, that we'll love them. I realize that things don't always go that well at home. I know that things don't always go that well at work. You may be anxious, you may be dealing with some anxiety, you may be nervous, you may be feeling bad, you may have a bad headache, and you know, before you know it, the first thing we do is scream at our kids. Sometimes we're a lot kinder to a stranger that, you know, comes and maybe knocks on our door than we are to our own children. You know, Paul described the conduct he had before those Thessalonian brethren when he said in 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 7, we were gentle among you. How, Paul? Just like a mother cherishes her own children. The kindness of a mother was the most gentle thing that Paul could think about. On one occasion, a, a man was asked to speak to some boys who lived on on what we might call the wrong side of the tracks today. And he began his talk by asking a question. He said, how many bad boys does it take to make one good one? Now, there was silence for a while. And finally, one bright young man raised his hand and said, well, sir, it only takes one if you'll simply treat him right. You know, in Proverbs chapter 31, we find one of the most beautiful passages in all the Bible where the Bible talks about that worthy mother. And the Bible says in Proverbs 31 verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom. In her tongue is the law of kindness. I wonder, parents, do we really need to think about this? Do we need to be more kind and more gentle and more loving toward our children. But may I also suggest to you this morning that we owe it to our children and we have a responsibility to those children to give to them of our time. I realize today that we live in such a busy, busy world. So many things demand our time right now. Everything is just hurry, 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 rush, rush, rush. We've got to be here. We've got to have that done. We've got our work responsibilities to do. And many times we just simply don't have the time 
to spend with our children. We don't have time just to play with them. You know, today when a young man and young woman get married, there are pressures placed upon them almost immediately to keep up with the Joneses, you know. And then it seems like the Joneses have refinanced and there we go on and on again. And so, you know, mother leaves the kids as they go back to work. And as those kids come along, she goes back to work and the little girl comes in and says, Mom, I've, I've got a problem. I'd like your help. But Mom says, I'm just so busy right now. I don't have time. Little boy comes into his father who works from very early in the morning to very late at night. And he asks his father for help and for advice. But that father just doesn't have the time right now to help or advise his son. Now, those children grow up. And yes, the parents provide for them all the nice things in life. They got a nice big house to live in. They got some fancy cars parked outside. They got a boat for the lake. They got plenty of money in the bank. But those children grow up without the needed guidance and advice and counsel of those parents. And those children turn out to be a disappointment to them. One day those parents wake up. Oh, they find themselves living in a large, empty house. Oh, they've got a couple of fancy cars parked outside. Uh, they got a boat for the lake, but it's hardly used anymore. They got plenty of money in the bank, but it simply doesn't mean what it once did. But now their children are grown and they've gone. And they're not the kind of children those parents wanted them to be. At that moment in those parents' lives, they would literally give up everything. They would sell their house. They would sell their cars. They would sell their boat. They would spend their money. They would give up everything if they could just once again have the privilege of directing the affairs of those precious children. But folks, the time is upon us where we need to realize that we either spend time with our children or else we're going to lose them. And our children grow up so very rapidly. I wish somehow I had the ability to impress upon the parents of young children how quickly and how rapidly the time at home goes by. Before we know it, before we can even begin to comprehend it, those children are out from under our care and control. And I might say today that we as parents and grandparents have the responsibility to set the right kind of an example to our children when it comes to worshiping God. How in the name of reason can we ever, ever expect to convince others, and especially our children that we love so very much, how can we convince them that spiritual matters are of the utmost importance in our lives if we don't even care enough to be consistent in attending the Lord's church 
ourselves. When we're not even involved consistently in the Lord's work the way we need to be, when they can see a pattern in our lives that other things are more important and take priority over the Lord and his church. I want to spend some time now talking about the responsibilities that mothers have and then quickly the responsibilities that fathers have and then their combined responsibilities. First of all, let's consider the responsibility of mothers. You know, a mother has such a tremendous responsibility. Someone has said, "'Tis the sweetest sound to mortals given are heard in mother in home and in heaven. I believe with all of my heart that a mother has the highest calling of anybody under heaven. Not long ago, I had the opportunity to visit and spend some time in Washington, D.C. And there near the Washington Monument is a beautiful 12 feet high sitting statue of Abraham Lincoln. It's a beautiful thing. It's a great work of art. But I want to ask you this morning, can the artist that chiseled the features of Lincoln out of cold, solid marble, can he be compared to the mother that made the man the artist copied? Many books have been written about Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln once said, all that I am and I ever can be, I owe to my angel mother. And you know, mothers have such a tremendous responsibility to teach their children. I think about what Paul told young Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 5. He said, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you, Timothy... It first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it's in you also. Timothy had a genuine and sincere faith in God because of the example and the teachings of his mother and grandmother. That's why Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 15, and that from a child... You've known the Holy Scriptures, and that ought to be the attitude of every mother today. I think about a young couple one time that were well-dressed. They went to a toy store, and the wife explained to the sales clerk, listen, my husband and I both work away from home, and we're away from our children quite a bit, and I want us to be able to purchase some toys today to entertain them. Well, they went up one aisle and down the next and up the next aisle and down the next. And to every objection, there, to every toy, there seemed to be some kind of objection. And finally, the wife became somewhat impatient. She said, well, you know, it looks like to me, if you knew what we were looking for, you could help us find it here among all these toys. And the sales clerk said, ma'am, I think what you're looking for and what you really need is a mother and a father. And we don't sell those here. You know, someone once said, the hand that rocks the cradle 
rules the world. The mother's heart is a child's schoolroom. I think the poet very graphically described the influence of a mother when he said the young mother set her foot on the path of life. Is the way long, she asked. Her God said, yes, the way is long and you're going to be old before you reach the end of it, but the end will be better than the beginning. But the young mother was happy and she could not believe that anything could be better than these years. And so she played with her children and gathered flowers for them along the way and bathed them in the clear streams and the sun shone on them and life was good. And the young mother said, you know, nothing could ever be lovelier than this. Then night came and the storm and the path was dark and the children shook with fear and cold and the mother drew them close to her and covered them in her coat and the children said, oh mother, we're not afraid because you are near. We know no harm will come. And mother said, this is better than the brightness of the day for I've taught my children courage. And the morning came, and there was a hill ahead, and the children climbed and grew weary, and the mother was weary. But at all times, she said to her children, you know, just a, just a little patience, and we'll be there. And so the children climbed, and when they reached the top, they said, we could not have done it without you, mother. And the mother, when she lay down that night, looked up at the stars and said, This is better than the last day, for I have taught my children fortitude in the face of hardness. Yesterday I gave them courage. Today I've given them strength. And the next day came and strange clouds appeared. Clouds that darkened the whole earth. Clouds of war and hate and evil and ungodliness. And the mother said, look up, lift up your eyes to the light. And the children looked up and saw above them, beyond the darkness, the everlasting light of God's word. And that night, the mother said, this is the best day of all, for I have shown my children God. The days went on, and the weeks went on, and the years went on, and the mother grew old, and she was little and bent. But the children were tall and they were strong and they walked with courage. And when the day was hard, they helped their mother. And when the way was rough, they lifted her for she was light as a feather. At last they came to a hill and beyond the hill they could see a shining road with golden gates flung wide. And the mother said, I've now reached the end of my journey now I truly know that the end is better than the beginning. For now my children can walk alone and their children after them. And those children said, Mother, you'll always be in our thoughts and in our minds. A, a mother like ours is more than a memory. She's a living presence. You know, the, the Bible has a lot to say about fathers as well. His pants may be baggy, his coat may be somewhat worn. That man may not drive a fancy car, he may not bring home a, a big paycheck, but if those children watch and wait for their father to come home from work, 
with their noses pressed against the window pane, you can absolutely trust that man with anything in this world. And fathers certainly have a tremendous influence in the lives of those children. You think about the great love that Abraham had for Isaac, or you think about the love that Jacob had for those young sons, Joseph and Benjamin. Or you think about David's cry of a broken heart over that rebellious son, Absalom. Or I think about the father of that prodigal son in Luke chapter 15 who stands with outstretched arms waiting to welcome back home that son who had wasted his substance in sinful living. We as fathers owe it to our children to be the head of the house. The Bible says the husband's the head of the wife, Ephesians 5 and verse 23. Fathers, that's not a responsibility that we can delegate just to somebody else. We must be a part of the lead in making sure that our children are what they need to be spiritually. By everything that we do, by the example that we set, by the attitude that we possess, by the words that we speak, the habits that we have in life, we need to demonstrate to our sons and our daughters what a real man ought to be. You just can't pass the buck down to the wife or to the mother. We must take the lead in the training of our children. On one occasion, there was a, a hog, a prized hog, that won the blue ribbon at the state fair. First place. But the keeper of that hog was a little boy, stunted in growth, smoking one cigarette after another and cursing at almost every breath. But the same man that raised the hog raised the boy. That man read books about hogs. He was concerned about hogs, but he wasn't concerned about the physical and the spiritual well-being of his own son. I'm suggesting to you today that we better as fathers not become so concerned and so caught up on money and job and land and possessions that we get so busy that we don't have the time we need to spend to lead our children in the way they should go. Very quickly, though, we need to understand that fathers and mothers have combined responsibilities. What manner of child shall this be, Luke 1, I say this today in all respect, but those who are Catholics say, you give us a child until he's seven years of age and he'll die a Catholic. Should not we be able to say in the Lord's church today, you give us a child until he's seven years old and he'll die a faithful Christian? I'm afraid maybe subconsciously we may have turned the training of our children over to the church or over to the youth minister. Now, we don't come out and say that, 
But to our public school system, we say, you know, take my boy or take my girl seven hours a day, five days a week. You educate my child, and if that child gives you any trouble, you let me know about it. Could it be that maybe we've unconsciously said to the church or maybe to the youth minister or Bible class teacher, you know, you take my little boy or my little girl, not seven hours a day, not five days a week. You take my child two hours a week and you train him spiritually. If he gives you any trouble, you let me know about it. Now, certainly we need to realize that Worshiping God is very important. In fact, parents, there's no way that we can even begin to fulfill our responsibilities to our children without worshiping God. But what we've got to come to realize as parents is that we are teachers too. And as parents, we are the most important teachers our children are ever going to have upon this earth. Your children may grow up and they may achieve great things academically. They may go off and they may get a PhD. They may experience great success in the business world and the world in general, but those children will never be influenced by all those teachers combined as much as they're influenced by us as parents. The home is the basic institution for the spiritual training of our children. It's always been that way. It always will be. We're to bring those children up in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. The truth is, our children did not ask to be born. And one day before long, they're going to be leaving home. Sometimes we say, you know, why don't you kids just grow up and act your age? One day they will. You know, why don't you boys just go outside and find yourself something to do? One day they will. You'll finally get that bedroom back in place and you know, get all those toys put away and you'll say, I want this room to stay this way. Do you understand me? One day, it will. Maybe you're talking on the telephone, and you may say, I want privacy, I want silence while I'm talking. Do you understand me? One day, you're going to have it. One day, you're going to fix a delicious meal that, with a salad that's not all picked to death, and you'll make a beautiful cake that doesn't have the traces of little fingers in the icing, and you know, you're going to say that's a meal that's fit for company but you'll eat that meal alone. One day there'll be no more toys in the living room for you to try to avoid tripping over. One day there'll be no more the pitter-patter of little feet running down the hall. One day there'll be no rush to get the kids to practice and to make sure that I, I'm there to pick them up when it's over. One day that will be no more. One day there'll be no more school supplies to go out and buy before school. There'll be no more teachers' meetings you have to attend. One day, there'll be no more blaring radios and noisemakers that you may hear in the house from time to time. One day, there'll be no more 
giggles in the dark. There'll be no more skin knees to heal, no more tear-stained eyes to die, but only a voice crying, why don't you grow up? And the silence echoes back, I did. Think about it, parents. Eighteen short years to inspire and train our children. Eighteen years to show them God's will and God's way. Eighteen years to prepare them for life and for eternity. You know, on that last and final day, God's not only going to ask, how'd you use your talent? How's you, how did you use your influence? How did you use your time and how did you use your money? I believe God's also going to ask us, where are your children? I ask you today, are you a faithful child of God? Are you as a parent taking your responsibility seriously? Do you understand what responsibility that you have from God to lead those children in the way they need to go? It may be today as we sing this song of encouragement that you may need to come. Maybe you've neglected things in your Christian life. Maybe there are things that you need to change. You may need the prayers of the church today. It may be today that you're not even a Christian. There's really no way you can be the kind of father or mother that you need to be and ought to be unless you're a child of God. And yet today, that can all change. If you're willing to demonstrate your faith in Jesus Christ by repenting of your sins by being baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of those sins. This morning, the Lord's invitation is yours. If you need to come, we ask that you come now while we stand.
prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper this morning, we'll sing, <clears throat> Can He Still Fill the Nails? we get ready for the Lord's Supper, if there are those that do not have an emblem, please raise your hands and you'll be assisted by the ushers. As we prepare for communion, let our minds think of the cross. Let our minds think of the nails. The Bible tells us that God sent his only son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This was accomplished through the blood of Jesus Christ. Luke 22 19 says, and he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it, gave it to them saying, this is my body, this do in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Our most kind and gracious heavenly father, 
We bow before you today thanking you for sending your son to die on the cruel cross of Calvary that we may have a home in heaven with thee. Lord, we thank you that we had an opportunity to put down the hammer from driving the nails through the hands of your son. Lord, we know that we are sinners and we know that no matter what we do, we can never repay your sacrifice. Lord, we ask that you just use us in a manner that's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Likewise, continue reading in chapter 22, verse 20. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Let us pray. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son to die on the cross. We thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity the first day of each week to remember you and the blood that was shed on the cross for the remission of our sins. Lord, we know that you sent your son to die for each and every one of us. You sent your son to die for people that did not love you. And for that, we say thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We are also commanded to give as we have prospered. And there are ways to give that are on the screen behind me. Uh, as a Christian, we acknowledge that everything that we have belongs to God. We are simply the stewards of what he has given us. And it's unbelievable at the outreach that the church is doing right now. And this is our opportunity to help support that outreach. Let us pray. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the many blessings of this life. Lord, we thank you for the jobs that we have. We thank you for the opportunities that we have to earn money to support your kingdom. Lord, just guide our decisions that we make each and every day. Guide our support for the upbuilding of your church and your kingdom in this life, in this world. Lord, I ask that you watch over us, guide us, and direct us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As our fifth Sunday quickly approaches this month for our debt reduction, I just wanted to give you a brief overview of where we've been and where we are now. In March 2019, we kind of began our endeavor of improving our facilities, beginning with the annex. As you all know, we've uh, improved that with a commercial kitchen. We improved the capacity there to where we could have a fellowship. Um, the cost of that were, as our construction loan was over $700,000. Uh, 
And as these improvements were made, not only to the annex, but we replaced the windows in our buildings. We uh, improved our parking lot. Uh, we bought an electronic sign and many other improvements that we made to our facilities. And once that was completed in July of 2020, we rolled that construction loan, which again was 705,000, but we reduced that amount to 597,000. So that was our loan amount in July of 2020, $597,000. So we set this up on a monthly payment. Our monthly payment is $3,385. Our rate is 3.25%, and our current balance now is $466,634. As you know, last year in our field Sunday, our contribution was over $40,000 to reduce our debt. So uh, the kind of the bar set high for next Sunday. But this is, if you have any questions concerning this, I'll be glad to answer any of your questions. Thank you. I'm here because I need your help, um, and it's regarding Lads to Leaders. So um, November the 1st is a very important day for Lads to Leaders. Uh, that's when we have to register, or we get to register everybody and everything opens up. We have a lad's angel, and her name is Jimmy Timms. She really needs you to uh, register, and we have several ways to do that. Um, if you go to our website, there's a link for you to register. You can do that as you're eating today at 12, at just in a minute. Or if you need a handout and you want to handwrite that, I will be here. Jimmy will be here. You get with us, and we'll make sure you get that. We need everybody registered for two reasons, one for November the 1st, but secondly, because activities are going and our leaders need to know who they need to work with to build your young people up to be leaders in this congregation. So uh, that's, that's my plea. My second plea is Stephen has asked that next week, because he has a very important meeting at 3.30 regarding for all teachers. He's asked that we kind of limit the lads' activities during that day so we can ensure any and everybody who wants to be a part of our educational program can attend that meeting, okay? That's my two requests. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Billy. And thank you, Doug, for that good message today. Um, we had 252 people here today, and also those uh, watching online. Thank you, and we hope for your speedy return. Also, those of you watching online, if, if you uh, need a bulletin, go to boonevillecoc.com, and you can download a bulletin there. Lots of valuable information that we will go over some. A couple of notes. Uh, there will be a celebration of life for Jimmy Olive today in Nashville. You can watch it live today at 3 p.m. on YouTube by clicking on Jackson Park Church of Christ. So the Jackson Park Church of Christ on YouTube. Search it and you'll be able to go to their site for that. Also, 
Joyce Morris has a, a bad case of the flu, so uh, let's be in prayer for her in, in a speedy recovery. Also, the Golden Circle will be eating breakfast tomorrow at the pit stop. The bus will leave at 08.30, 8.30 a.m. And just a couple of things. Remember the uh, devotional at the Landmark Nursing Home. It's at 4 o'clock. Uh, Zion Rest is in charge. Uh, Aaron just filled us in on last to leaders. What a great thing that is. And also, thank you, Jimmy. Uh, there's a lot of things. The, the, everyone should have a bulletin. Um, there will be a Bible class teachers meeting next Sunday at 3.30 in the Annex. And a guy asked me to emphasize this one. Uh, babies to sixth grade trunk and treat and costume contest will be next Sunday. They'll have pizza in the annex immediately following class. Costume contests will begin at 6.30 in the breezeway, then treats from the trunks. Lots of trunks will be needed. See Guy or Amelia for more information. And remember the EYC, uh, the first payment of $37.50, it's due now. Also remember, that the weekly food pantry item is dried beans. The food pantry and clothes closet, well, it was last week, so. Anyway, and also don't forget that the uh, SOS Saving One Soul ministry bags are available in the foyer. Everyone is encouraged to pick up bags and hand them out. And those are really a great thing. And uh, I believe that's all I have. If you would, please stand and we'll be dismissed in prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we're so grateful as always to have been able to come together this morning. We're so grateful for the message brought to us, the message from thy word. May we never forget the lessons we are taught from thy word. May we never forget the importance of the family its structure, its importance, the thing that makes our world work correctly. May we never let it be de-emphasized. May we always take care of our children, and may we always show them the love that you show us. Father, we're so grateful for all these things that you give us. We're so grateful for the roadmap you put in front of us. May we always use it to get where we need to go. Father, we love thee so much. You first loved us, and so thankful for your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for all of us. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.